0: To just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm
1: a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate
0: high intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Are you subscribed to our podcast? If not, you should be. It will make it very easy for you to listen to our show because you said it once, and then our show will just appear in your phone or whatever you use to listen to us um, without you even having to do anything, and you'll never miss an episode. You can subscribe to us on all sorts of things. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcatcher you like to use. So whatever it is, make sure you subscribe, then you'll get all of our super great episodes. Um, today's episode was inspired by a Pinterest ad and Instagram ads that I have been served. Um, and I've been served these ads a lot. And it got me thinking about what is going on. Um, and the ads that I am being served are for a product called Noom and for... New, newly branded version of Weight Watchers which is now called like WW Wellness or something um, and I'm getting marketed these a lot on the internet and I am interested in why and I'm figuring that if I'm getting marketed these things then our listeners also are um, and so I wanted to talk about what they actually are and um, what What they say they are, what they actually are, and what we think about that. Um, Because, um, you know, we talk all the time on our show about, you know, um, not dieting and being anti diet and all those things. And yet, um, it is still compelling because we live in a world of diet culture that um, tells us that we're more valuable the smaller we are and the less we weigh. It is still compelling when an ad shows up. In the middle of your workday, and says like, "Hey, I can help you lose weight." Um, so I wanted to talk about these two companies with um, so much love and compassion for ourselves and our listeners. All of us normal people who are um, who may have used these, who may be using them now. Um, We don't at all want this podcast to be like these companies are stupid and you're stupid if you use them. So be smart and uh, don't do it. Um, But we do want to. I wanted to have a a real, for real, real conversation about what these companies are, why they are targeting us millennials, um, and what to think about them.
1: Yeah, it's like we're not here to just completely bash.
0: If it was easy, um, you wouldn't need a podcast about it. Right, right.
1: (laughs) But I'm really happy about this discussion that we are about to have about the world of weight loss culture and... And business. And the industry. Mm -hmm. And why... I mean, I only feel like I recently fully, fully, fully got myself out of it because there is a part of me that like, I will, I'm very open to admitting now Mm -hmm. that, um, always thought, well, it's totally fine for everyone else to be, you know, uh, not focused on weight loss and focused on just living an awesome life free of, of body image issues and free of food stress. Um, but for the longest time, I thought, yeah, it's, it's okay for everyone else, but it's not for me. I can't because mm-hmm. of my profession. Right. So so, there was – um, but it was so deep-seated, yeah. like to the point where I wasn't even conscious of it mm-hmm. until very recently. So that just goes to show this weight loss culture and what this pressure we feel, feel from society, from different industries. Um, and, yeah, and we have this notion like, well – um, you know, but I have to lose weight because maybe I can't fit into my clothes and I can't afford new ones mm-hmm. or I have to do it for my work or I have to do it for my health or I have to do it for my job or I have to do it because I'm a, I'm a, in an industry where mm. it's required. Um, or maybe I have to do it because I'm an athlete and I have to perform better. And I'm excited to kind of
0: challenge all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've talked before about the dual guilt that, many feminist women feel about weight loss and weight loss culture, which is we feel the first guilt about not being thin, mm-hmm. and then we feel the second guilt because we know we shouldn't want it. Oh, totally, um, yeah. And I think that that's something that's definitely going to come up when we're talking about Weight Watchers and Noom is that um, I think the, where we are at now in our culture about weight loss. Is that weight loss is not hip anymore? Diets are not hip, partly because of the work mm-hmm. that people we really admire have done to say like diets don't work. This is all based on these structural ideas that are, um, you know, privileging small bodies over everything else. Um, so the companies that sell weight loss have been They're reacting like to disguising, this. Disguising, yeah. You know, they yeah. see oh, this thing we do is not cool what's cool now is wellness. What's cool now is healthy eating. Um, And so they are rebranding themselves, or in the case of Noom um, coming into the market in the first place, with a different take on, or a a different branding on those ideas. So let's talk about Weight Watchers, because it's been around for a long time, and I think a lot of people are really familiar with it. So um, it says it in the name, Weight Watchers. Mm -hmm. This is a weight loss company. It always has been... Uh, It always will be, regardless of what they tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, They claim to be like the most successful, or the, you know, the diet that helps people lose the most weight. Um, uh, They've been around forever. I think anyone who has ever engaged with diet culture in any way knows about Weight Watchers, and uh, and it's reputable because there are. It's been around, yes, for a really long time,
1: but they always have a celebrity figure doing it.
0: Yes, yep, totally. Um, And the basic idea has always been based on points. Mm -hmm. So foods have point values, and you are allotted a certain number of points a day, and as long as you stay within your points, you're going to lose weight. And there's also usually been an in-person meeting aspect where you meet up, you um, weigh in in front of everybody, and then you talk about your issues with food. Um, So recently, Weight Watchers has rebranded as WW uh, to specifically move away from its image as a diet brand. Um, And I have a quote here um, about the change. So this is the quote, WW will continue to offer weight loss plans for those who are interested, along with ways to form community groups with like-minded people, points for non-weight-related achievements, and a partnership with Headspace, a meditation and mindfulness company. Um, They've renamed meetings, which are the, like, go to a place and get weighed in in public. They've renamed that studio. So, so far, I'm hearing a lot of language that is tied into this very hip right now world of wellness, which is, like, studio classes. um, It's about um, lifestyle change. It's not about diet. um, Things that it makes me uncomfortable in some ways because it's some of the language we have used on our show. And
1: I, I think about that too. Because you know, how many years have we had? This three podcast? years. It's yeah, been three. And my my viewpoints have also changed, mm-hmm. and, and I've changed. And
0: yeah, totally, totally. And th- what is so tricky is there is like a light side to those ideas, and there's also a dark side to those ideas. Um, and uh, <laughs> WW is ready to get in on the money to be made on the dark side, yeah. um, which is um, it's still. Basically, a points-based weight loss system. Um, so uh, I don't know if you've heard their advertisements where they talk about the, their new freestyle system. So Yeah, I have that up right now. So yeah. the freestyle system is a new way of doing points, which instead of giving all foods point values, some of which are higher than others, it basically splits foods into quote unquote good foods and quote unquote bad foods. And the quote-unquote good foods have no point values. Only the quote-unquote bad foods cost points. So this is an effort, I think, to get more in line with the thinking that's trendier now, which is that like um, counting everything you eat is not hip, but um, that there are good foods and bad foods. There's a word for the like disordered... Orthorexia. Uh, orthorexia. Yeah, which I want to talk about in a little bit
1: too. Yeah,
0: But that's the idea of like um, being so concerned about eating clean um, that like you, uh, that it messes with your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to me, this new system, like you've said before. Like, there are no good foods and bad foods, and any system that splits foods up into good foods and bad foods, and even though they're not saying it, they're giving some foods points and some foods don't get points, so it's good foods and bad foods. Right, and
1: then when we eat good foods, we're good, and then when we eat bad foods, we're bad, and then all of a sudden this affects our morality as well, Mm -hmm. and then when it comes to the good foods, there's this, like, stock photo of salmon and kale and tofu and eggs and tomatoes and basil and, and it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous photo. The filter is beautiful. It looks like it could beautiful. be Gourmet Magazine. It, or... like, it looks like it could be on any Insta? lovely Instagram feed. But then they talk about their new point system and so all the zero point foods include, they say eggs and then they say skinless chicken breast. Like if that is not diet culture mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Yeah. We've moved so far away from skinless chicken breast. Like I can't believe that like this is that that's my trigger right there yeah that for me that is the big glaring light that this is still a diet anytime anyone says oh focus on eating skinless chicken breast (laughs) that is just the epitome of a diet that is the epitome of restriction that is the epitome of like a chicken's a chicken yeah. Like, regardless of what body part of the chicken you eat. So if you eat a chicken thigh with the skin on, it's literally no... It's, it's a chicken. Yeah. It's a freaking chicken. <laughs> like, but we have this thing where, oh, because white meat is leaner. And so if that is not a diet food, I don't know what is. And that's what they say. It's the first thing they have listed as a zero point
0: food. Totally. And, um, yeah, it's In- like not... It's not good. (laughs) Christy Harrison, uh, who we've had on the show and who has a great podcast called Food Psych, um, she uh, has really gone after Weight Watchers with this rebrand. Also, they went through this whole thing where they were going to market a program at teens, which is a huge red flag. Yeah, that's Um, really bad. But uh, she has a quote that said, if it's applauding weight loss or telling you to count points, calories, or macros, it's a diet. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if there's a picture of salmon on the front or if they say it's about wellness. If it's applauding weight loss or telling you to count stuff, it's a diet. Yeah.
1: Getting rewarded for losing weight, for having that number go down, feeling valuable because the number is going down or your size is going down. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's the way life works. You can't wait until a certain thing happens before you can be happy. You have to be happy and self-accepting now, regardless of the job you have or the size you are or where your life is at or... Um, and so I think that really applies to this as well. And this has been my own personal journey. And mm-hmm. then can I do a quick side note of what orthorexia is? Yeah, totally. So orthorexia is um, eating disorders now. It's not just anorexia and bulimia anymore. There is so much. It's like a terrible, between. terrible advertisement. Yeah. Eating <laughs> disorders. It's not just anorexia and bulimia anymore. No, it's a whole bunch of things. So many things. Um, because it used to be if you weren't anorexic and if you weren't bulimic, then you didn't have an eating disorder, but now we know there is something called disordered eating, and that can range anywhere from binge eating disorder, compulsive exercising disorder, um, binge exercising disorder. Um, there's so, and then orthorexia. So orthorexia is compulsive checking of ingredients lists and nutritional labels. An increase in concern about the health of ingredients, cutting out an increasing number of food groups, example, all sugar, all carbs, all dairy, all gluten, all meat, all animal products, like even just one of those. Um, An inability to eat anything but a narrow group of foods that are deemed, quote unquote, healthy or pure or good. Spending hours per day thinking about what food might be served at upcoming events. Unusual interest in the health of what others are eating. Showing high levels of distress when safe or healthy foods aren't available. Obsessive following of food and healthy lifestyle blogs on social media. And body image concerns um, in the past and in the present. So, that literally describes so many people I know. Yeah. And, like, I'm just going to come clean. Like, up until very recently for me... I didn't even know how far my orthorexia had gone. Like, I didn't even realize how far it had gone. Um, it, it took it way too far. And, um, you know, I'm really happy to say I'm in a completely different place right now. But uh, that's why when we do episodes like this, this message that we are trying to get across, I think is so, so, so important. It's almost as if we, as women, we think if we're not healthy eating, or if we're not on a plan or a program, or if we're not on Whole Thirty, if we're not on Weight Watchers, if we're not on um, Noom, if we're not doing something to what we think help our health. But mm-hmm. really, I mean, if you are just honest with yourself, it's just to get thinner. Yeah. Um, uh, like that's why this is an important conversation because I completely lied to myself to the point where I was convinced that everything I was doing was for the sake of health but it wasn't and um and then things got very unhealthy for me and i didn't even realize like it went down that that rabbit hole so um so that's what orthorexia is and if and if one of these even what i said like 10 sentences if one of them is is a part of your life it's worth examining it
0: totally Mm -hmm. I'm thank you so much for sharing that Mm -hmm. because um, I think it really helps first of all it's always helpful I think to hear someone else's experience and say that with all this information and all this experience and all of these people surrounding me I still ended up down this path Mm -hmm. I think that's so powerful because often we feel so stupid Mm-hmm. We feel so stupid for succumbing to diet culture. We feel so stupid for wanting to be thinner. Um, we feel like, ah, I know that this is about something else. Why yeah. do I still feel controlled by it? Um, and uh, you're not stupid. If you have been you know, on Weight Watchers or other diets, you're not stupid. Totally. Um, yeah. you know, it's okay. It's no, okay. We've all been there. Um, and it's so tricky because the line between... Having information about how the body works and how nutrition works, the line between that and having disordered eating can be so thin. And two people can have exactly the same behaviors, and one of them, it can be, for them, disordered. Mm -hmm. And for another person, they can be in a really healthy place and still do a lot of those same things. Um, It doesn't, like, eating kale doesn't give you orthorexia, Mm -hmm. and neither does... Checking ingredients on packages. With everything else, as we've talked about a lot on the show, it's about like, can you still be flexible? Does it, does it give you stress when you have to go outside this like super narrow, um, area, um, and if it does, then like you said, that's something to examine um, and. Uh, Good people to help you with that include Holly Toronto, who we've had on a previous episode, yeah. um, and she works over Skype, so you can talk to her no matter where you live. Um, but but it is so tricky, and it's it's a line that we have to walk all the time on the show, which is um, how do we talk about like health, health yeah, and yeah. Si- the science of the body and the science of nutrition, while also talking about the world in which we live and the pressures under which we live. Yeah. Um, How do we give people information without giving them tools to hurt themselves? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a thing that probably we've done better jobs at and less good jobs at at different times. Mm -hmm. But uh, we, I hope you listeners know that like we are also humans trying to (laughs) figure out the right balance on these things. And um, both of us have had times where we were in a not so good place about it and we're trying to get better. We're not like we haven't solved this. you know, this is an ongoing thing, so that's why, that's why we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, let's talk money. So these things cost money. Um, Weight Watchers or WW, from the pricing that I could find, um, was seven dollars and twenty-seven cents a week for the digital and quote-unquote studio combination, which is basically like the app on your phone for counting stuff plus going into meetings. So that's uh, like about 30 bucks a month-ish. Um, and then you can pay more if you want, I think, like private coaching uh, with someone there. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of thing where I can imagine someone being in a place of feeling bad about their bodies or their weight or their what they're eating and saying like, for 30 bucks a month, I can, you know, do this thing. It's an answer. Totally. And I think they do a very sneaky thing where once you hit your goal weight, um, it's free as long as you maintain, Mm -hmm. which is, it just gives me the creeps. Yeah, yeah. Um, You
1: know, our weight was never meant to be managed. Yeah. Right. So we always talk about this word weight management. Our weight was never meant to be managed we as a human species were never meant to manage our weight we do not have the mental capacity to do this we are not programmed as humans to try to intentionally lose and gain weight and to manipulate our weight and manipulate the shapes of our bodies i've learned that Mm -hmm. like very recently like this is just (laughs) going against like you know me undoing years decades of programming Mm -hmm. thinking that and like you can always um you know drop weight or look this way or that way it's it's not what the human body was meant to do. So with this with this new WW thing it's I mean people women, men and women also crave structure. Totally. And then this offers that. So think i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say this but this you know ww now as a company they really understand the psychology of the people who are in need of structure some control support and an answer mm-hmm. so they think that this will be the answer to all of their problems as if by fixing quote-unquote fixing your weight everything else will fall into place
0: and life does not work that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. The And... Uh, well, we're going to talk about this later, what you do instead. But before we yeah. do, let's talk about Noom, which we are going to talk about that. So don't be like, well, what do, yeah. what do I do then if this isn't the answer? We'll talk about it. Um, let's talk about Noom. So this is the one I'm getting tons of ads for. Although yeah. now, ever since I did research for this episode, now I get tons of ads for both of them. Because oh, they're like, oh. oh, you Googled us. <laughs> yeah. um, so Noom is... Aiming it like says it's aimed at millennials, it's like a weight loss thing for millennials. Um, it's app based, um, and they also put food in groups. Mm-hmm. Um, they have red, green, and yellow food categories, um, so just like a stoplight. Yeah, um, so again, putting values on different kinds of foods. Um, it basically, from what I can tell, involves food logging like you do with a lot of different dieting apps, um, a weekly goal check in with a quote unquote coach. Um, And access to a group chat that I believe is moderated by someone who works for the company. Um, And it costs $59 a month. So it's expensive. Mm -hmm. It's like twice as much as WW. Um, So a lot of the same problems are here. We're dividing foods into good, bad, and okay foods. Um, We're rewarding weight loss. And another thing that's happening here... I want to talk about the group chat and the meeting thing. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's ever been in a bathroom with a bunch of women who are talking about how fat they are knows that like while your peers are great, they are not necessarily a font of like healthy ideas about bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bodies, because we're all victims of this uh, diet mentality and diet culture, and we spin off of each other. Right, one woman in the bathroom says like Ugh, like I look so bad," and then another woman says, "No, you look great. I look bad." Um, another woman says, like, well, if you guys are fat, then, like, I'm the size of a house. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, as we've talked about before, it can be a way of, like, sim- of, like, trying to bond with each other yeah. by being self-deprecating. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and saying that deliberately putting yourself in a physical room or an internet room with a bunch of people who um, are maybe not in the best place on uh, body image stuff is, like, not a great move for your own body image. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think that from a cultural standpoint, it's become very normal, especially in certain industries to – it's like the conversation is just normal now. It's a normal conversation to talk about what we did eat, what we didn't eat, how good we were, how bad we were, or, oh, I have to punish myself with – Hours at the gym because I ate I was so bad last night I was so mm-hmm. bad this weekend um, Monday morning going to hit the gym hard because and it's become normalized and um, as a society we've really we've really gotten to a place where the language is so normal but it's really destructive without us even realizing it mm-hmm. without us even realizing it um, people go on diets together. Totally. So groups of girlfriends will go on diets together. Or um, families me, will do it. Mothers and daughters let will, me do say one that, will do um, it. Guys will do it.
0: That doesn't get called a diet, but obviously is. And I know a lot of our listeners have done it. And again, this is not to say that you are stupid or bad. But uh, how many of us either have or know people who have done Whole30 together?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whole30 is a big one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Whole30 is another diet. It's a diet. Yeah
0: super popular right now yeah amongst for a a similar reason is that it it, um, portrays itself as being about wellness and lifestyle change Mm -hmm. and then in the whole 30 mentality it's like 30 days
1: of also no no alcohol too and no sugar and then there's something nice about this like People are oftentimes get gra- people oftentimes gravitate towards the the tough love approach. It's like yep. they just need someone to say, "Suck it up, just suck it up, just do it. You can do it for thirty days." And then we think, "Oh, well, we should." And um, <laughs> yeah, because we are looking for yeah. some guidance and some. Aspect I could of life. stand on one foot for an hour. That doesn't mean I should do it. Yeah, and it doesn't make you a bad person, too. If you see what happens is then when people do something like this and then they quote unquote slip or they fall off the wagon, then it affects you so emotionally. And mm-hmm. I know from experience, um, my entire moods would be destroyed. I would feel like my life was over if I slipped, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. slipped off
0: of a diet or did something I said I wasn't going to do. It feeds into perfectionism. Exactly. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden now, this diet or program becomes a thing that you can do right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And your self-worth depends on if you're doing it, doing it right or right. wrong. Yeah. And sometimes I think... Um, We get to the point where um, staying on the diet or staying on the program is more about um, doing the thing perfectly than it is about what the thing actually is or what it promises. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if we can do the thing perfectly, then we're a good person. Yeah. Can I read something really quickly about falling off the wagon?
1: Yes. So... This is just from a, <laughs> from a wonderful gal named Isabel Fox and Duke, who's a, a coach uh, similar in the world of Christy Harrison. So in this paragraph on her website, she writes, Have you, quote unquote, fallen off the wagon? The only time a person ever falls off a wagon is when there's a wagon to fall off of. A set of rules, ideals, or beliefs around food that we let determine how we feel about ourselves. I was so good with food yesterday, and today I suck. Sound familiar? And I'm guessing that's when you go into the place of I suck when you fall off the wagon. You fall hard, like knee-deep in brownie batter hard. Not fun and so avoidable. If you want to make peace with food and stop shaming cookies in the middle of the night, ask yourself, what wagons am I trying not to fall off of? Where am I judging my performance with food? Where did I draw an imaginary line of not okay and get rid of that shiz? Because as long as there's a wagon to fall off, of. You will fall off of it eventually. You see, falling off is not your problem. Your wagon is your problem. That's true. Drop the
0: mic. (laughs) It's true. Um, Yeah, totally. Um, I think a big thing to remember when we're specifically talking about these rebrands of diets is they are about weight loss no matter what they tell you. Yeah. If they say it's about nutrition, if they say it's about addiction to sugar, whatever they say, mm-hmm. they are about weight loss. And whatever you say, the reason you want to do them is about weight loss. Yeah. And that's my tough love <laughs> coming. That's my tough love. I had to come. Uh, at, you know, yeah. I will say that, like, your friends, when you give your friends your excuses about why you're doing your diet, they're going to say, oh, yeah, OK, that makes sense, because you're their friend. And it's not their job to say, you are lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But having lied to myself, yeah. these are diets. They're about losing weight. If you are doing them, there is some part of you that is hoping you will lose weight to do it. Yeah. And that doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you stupid. But acknowledging that and investigating it and getting curious about that is um, going to be a good path forward.
1: And then on the flip side, I have to tell you about, like, something interesting that also happened the other day. Um, I was in a conversation with Holly and another girl, like, in person. Uh-huh. And we were hanging out, and we were talking about our experiences. And this other gal has, was um, uh, 306 pounds in college, and she stepped on this scale one day, and she realized that, that, Uh, she was quote-unquote unhealthy and she had to make a change and then she lost 150 pounds and now is like living her best life. And so it was really, really captivating and fascinating hearing the conversation between Holly, who is um, a body positive coach and so much more than just a body, uh, not just so much more than um, uh, a body positive coach in the sense that When it comes to food, and eating disorders, and trauma, um, like she is licensed and able to handle all of it, and is able to. So it was really, and her whole MO is getting people off of diet culture, and learning to truly love and accept yourself the way you are right now. And then on the flip side, this other gal was saying she was 306 pounds, so how is that acceptable if her health was at risk? And it was a really interesting and fascinating conversation. And so that's why I want to bring that up right now, because you and I also understand that there might be a lot of you out there listening and thinking, well, I have to do this for my health. I have to do this for my health. And how do I, if if my weight is endangering my quality of life, how do I lose weight to get healthy? And not slip into this world of diet culture, and not slip into this world of this um, societal thing of just always, 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 always trying to lose weight. Yeah, um, you
0: know. It's and I tough. think part it's of the t- answer t- is like I didn't even really. They didn't come the, to a conclusion. Of course not. Well, yeah. and also in that case, that is that woman's personal narrative. And Very so true. when yeah. when someone comes at you with a personal story, you can't say to them. Or it would be extremely awkward and probably not successful to say, yeah, but your personal narrative is a lie. Uh-huh. And she was saying that... Or doesn't have value to her, me. She had to, she had to
1: track her calories and count her calories. And she right. had to track her macros. And she had to do portion control. And she had to learn how to eat again. And she had to go on a program because she didn't know how to eat. And so for her, she was saying, well, this program, whatever it was, I don't remember mm-hmm. which one it was, it changed my life. And, and then this girl later on made a comment later that evening... Um, and made a little side comment about all the food we had set out and, um, and she said, oh my gosh, like, yeah, see, if I didn't, if I didn't track my calories, I would just lose control and I'd eat all of this. How free are you? (laughs) And the whole point of the work, yeah, Holly's work, my work, is, um getting to a point where the loss of control isn't even an option because there was no restriction to begin with. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, some really, it's like interesting, yeah, this question
0: know? of losing weight for your health is one where I think there's a lot of research being done right now. Um, Christy Harrison talks, has some great podcasts that I'll link to about this and I'll find some articles as well. Um, but, um, there are some real questions about if what the medical community believes about being overweight, quote unquote overweight, being unhealthy mm-hmm. is even true, um. And uh, so, like, what if that turns out to be true, that having more pounds doesn't actually make you less healthy? Mm-hmm. Like, what would that explode? Yeah. In our understandings of how to value bodies and what we feel we it's okay to say about other people's bodies, mm-hmm. so often people concern trolling, um that people will say like, I'm just concerned for your health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are you? Mm-hmm. And also, Or is that just a societally acceptable reason to comment on someone's weight? For people who are in the... Um,
1: that's another... This is probably an entire podcast episode in itself. But as I've dug a little deeper, also realizing that there is a little bit of like brainwashing that's kind of happening where a lot of this whole notion that like, oh, um, you know, being overweight causes like so, so, so many health problems. And I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of it, this big conversation that's arising, arisen, (laughs) that is coming up just about like overweightness and all like the health issues. <sighs> like we're getting to this point where now there's some research coming out and it's like, well might not be the case at all.
0: And I can tell you, I, I know, know a lot of people who have health issues either mental or physical who are from not from trying to be thin. Oh yeah. You know? For sure. And so are the only we people have who this... are healthy the ones who are naturally at what we've decided is the acceptable weight? We have
1: this notion of like, okay, people who get diabetes and have heart attacks and who have um, health issues are like overweight people. Yeah, like that's that's a stigma. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually totally incorrect because because people who are not overweight also have those same issues. Right. So
0: I'd like to raise my hand as a um, medically determined overweight person who doesn't have any of those problems. So it's one of those things where I, I just, like,
1: my mind has been blown in, like, the last few months as I've kind of gone down. Um, because it's me also unlearning things that I have deemed to be true. Mm-hmm. And so finding research that it's like, oh, having a little bit of extra whatever, weight around your belly, like, that's not going to kill you. Like, that extra fat is not going to be dangerous to you like a little bit of extra belly fat or Mm -hmm. you know it's like a lot of that has been spoken about in an attempt to gosh and now people are just obsessed with being healthy Mm -hmm. being healthy and losing weight
0: it's perfectionism. Yeah, it's just,
1: yeah. And so now it's just entering this place where I do think big industries are involved. and
0: Totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. So big conversation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I want to talk about what we should do instead. Because one thing I really don't want to do is spend, you know, half an hour trashing... Uh, you know, Newman Weight Watchers and then be like, so these things are terrible and you're terrible if you use them. Bye. (laughs) Um, Because obviously people are having feelings and wants and desires that are leading to these programs. And um, we can say ditch the programs, but we can't say ditch your feelings because... Your feelings are your feelings, and they're real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had them. I've certainly been attracted to diets before and programs like this before. Um, And so I empathize with the attraction. Um, And so I want to talk about some other ways to deal with those feelings in a way that we think will lead to a happier outcome. Yeah. So generally when
1: when it comes to to releasing the need to diet and the need to lose weight and the need to manage weight, uh, there's fear. There's fear surrounding it. There's fear that if we don't try to manage it, that we will gain a million pounds. Right? I think mm-hmm. that's generally the fear that people
0: have. Right. I'm working this hard and not losing weight. If mm-hmm. I stop working, I must gain weight. Right. Exactly. So people believe that if they stop...
1: Controlling their food and their exercise that they will automatically gain weight and then they also think that they will lose control around food. Mm-hmm. Like they will lose control um, if they were to sit down in front of a, I don't know, like a plate of cookies and oh no, but if I'm not on a diet then I'll just eat all of them. It doesn't work like that. When you actually free yourself of any restriction or cutting out different food groups or... the 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 mentally you just don't have that anymore. So the the urge to like binge or lose control over something or to eat an entire um, jar of I don't know like cookie butter spread, (laughs) you know (laughs) uh, something that we have deemed to be like decadent or off limits, devilish or yeah something that's off limits. It's um, when we let go of restricting that that feeling goes away and it goes away on its own and it really does another thing too is when people feel like if this, the stress around letting go of a diet like they are just going to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat what I also challenge people to think about is well there are some people out there there are quite a few people out there who exist and and diets aren't a part of their lives And they would never sit and eat a whole plate of cookies. And they would never eat an entire jar of something because they would
0: feel physically ill. So why would they do that to themselves? I feel like, and this is not to say that men don't diet and aren't a part of diet culture, because they definitely are, and it's only becoming more so because companies have figured out that, hey, there's this other half of the population that we can charge money. Um, But I feel like a lot of people, a lot of women, complain about their boyfriends or husbands and say like, Like, he just seems like he can eat whatever he wants Mm -hmm. and he can say no to whatever he doesn't want to eat. And it's so annoying, and he never gains weight, and it's so annoying. It's like, well, you're kind of just describing someone who isn't restricting food and is just listening to what their body tells them they want. And that doesn't mean they make like quote unquote perfect choices all the time. Right. But it also doesn't mean that they're like totally losing control and, you know. Yeah immediately having heart attacks and
1: diabetes. Right, right. <laughs> um, and another thing, too, it's – it's. Uh, and people always talk about, like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe my, my partner or my husband, like, they just, like, aren't into sugar or, like, they just don't uh-huh. like sweets. Or when you meet a person and if you do like sweets and you meet someone who says, I'm just not that into sweets, and you think, like, that's insane. And it's a real thing. It's because they're intuitive. So they know that that's, they just don't like – it, yeah, but it doesn't make them better than you just because no, not they at don't all. like yeah, sweets exactly. and you do. It doesn't make them better at all. Yeah. And it's, um, so what I, so something that really helped me was learning, oh, <laughs> there are so many people out there who would never, like, overeat to the point of, like, clutching their stomach in pain or, like, feeling the need to, like, vomit or feeling the need to purge with exercise or um, with like bulimic tendencies or then like hating themselves and like wanting to literally die because, you know, you feel like such a failure that you've eaten so much or binged on something. For people who are normal eaters, they would never do that because why would you... Because you can eat it whenever you want. So there's no need to eat it as if you're never going to eat it again. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. It's like we have this notion like, oh, we're going to start a diet tomorrow, so we have to eat all of this now. Or I've restricted for so long, and now I'm exposed to this, like, I don't know, baguette. And I'm just going to go, like, crazy. And I'm going to eat the whole thing. Or, you know, I've... starved myself all day. And okay, now I'm going to order a whole thing of, I don't know, I'm, I'm literally just using examples of food like pizza. And I'm just going to eat the entire thing until I feel sick. And then the next day I just feel awful and quote unquote fat. And, um, and like call out of work because I like feel depressed and that sucks. Like it freaking sucks. But then when you realize why these behaviors are there, you can let go of it. You can start to realize that when you lift the restrictions off the urge to lose control and the urge and the impulse to do that, it goes away. yeah it's like freaking magic like it actually does. Well that's and then intuitive eating is is I think one of the biggest biggest um, things that can really help with having a really healthy relationship with food And sometimes, the body's hungry sometimes it's not sometimes we want something emotionally and that's so okay that's another thing too like emotional eating is actually a really wonderful thing and this is so strange because you and I literally have done an episode on emotional eating in which I say it's not a wonderful thing and it's actually a wonderful thing eating is a celebration and um uh and uh and I have been eating some meals in front of the TV lately because that's just like what I like damn well want to do in that moment. <laughs> and it's and it's okay because who is here? No one's judging me. Yeah. No one is here. Um, but so intuitive eating is paying attention to your physical self, but also your mental self and your emotional self and your spiritual self and letting your food
0: choices happen from there. Well, something you said to me once, I told you in one of our sessions that I had been sad after a show And so we went out for frozen yogurt. And you were like, did it work? Did it make you feel better? And I was like, yeah. And you were like, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh. Yeah. Cool. Totally. (laughs) Um,
1: And yeah, it's like there's actually nothing wrong with like sitting down in front of the TV with a bag of chips. Yeah. Like I thought there was. Mm -hmm. And there's not. There's literally not.
0: Let's talk about some tools for getting there because an interesting thing is. people are willing to put down some cash for these diet programs. Yeah. Um, We're talking like 30 bucks a month for the Weight Watchers, 60 bucks a month for Noom. So um, let's talk about maybe more helpful places to put that cash. Yeah. One of them is meeting with um, a uh, health at every size, body positive dietitian or coach. Um, Two that we've already mentioned on the show are Christy Harrison and Holly Toronto. And both of them, I think, have individual stuff and group stuff. Yeah. Um, and I know at least Holly has, like, an eight-week program. Um, So if it's something that you're, like, interested in checking out, but it's sort of overwhelming to you to think about, like, the equivalent of seeing a therapist once a week forever, mm-hmm. um, say, like, okay, in, instead of putting this money towards a diet app, I'm going to um put it towards an eight-week um, program about, like, getting into why I'm having some of these feelings mm-hmm. and how I can get some help getting away from them. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna pay an expert, pay an expert who is gonna help you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it's really worth it. I mean, I'm sitting here across from Daphne, who uh, is who I came to when I was feeling lost about these things, and uh, it's obviously been totally worth it mm-hmm. to um, put that money into myself Through Daphne, and I couldn't have done it on my own. Um, I'm very smart, I but I was feeling lost because I was by myself. And going to see Daphne was getting someone on my team. Um, Don't go see someone who says they're going to help you lose weight. Mm -hmm. See somebody who um, is reputable and is going to say, "I'm going to help you figure out why." This is so stressful for you. Why you feel so much guilt about it, and what we can do to help your quality of life be as good as it can be going forward. Yeah. Um, That's such a good place to start.
1: And then the second place to, the second thing to start working on is letting go of this notion well, if I stop dieting or if I stop managing my weight, if I stop trying, if I stop maybe working out so aggressively, that means I'm like giving up. That mm-hmm. means I'm giving up on myself. Um, that means... Or if I love and accept my body right now, I can't do that. Like, that's what I hear mm-hmm. a lot of people say. Well, I can't love and accept my body right now because I want to still... Um, because if I love and accept my body now, then then if I love and accept it, I will just not work out. And I will never move my body. And I will just eat until i'm blue in the face it doesn't work like that it that won't happen if you love and accept your body right now that's not you giving up on yourself that's you accepting and validating and honoring where you are right now in this present moment and then live your life as if as if you had everything you wanted in life that is how life works so instead of waiting to be happy or waiting to wear the swimsuit or waiting to um Waiting to do the thing that you've been really wanting to do or waiting to buy the clothes that you've been really wanting to wear Who says you can't wear them right now? Who says you can't wear a bikini right now? Um, And then a, a thing I always use is you know, we see the media so we see one certain type of the media but think about when you're in like a locker room that's what real women's bodies are like old and young and like it's just Bodies, mm-hmm. bodies, bodies, bodies. And um, so really, you know, when it comes to starting to step away from this, it's scary because a lot of times we, a lot of times many people don't
0: even know what life is like without the pursuit mm-hmm. of weight loss. I think that's one reason it's so helpful to have a coach. Because, yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's hard to do this stuff on your own because it's hard to get perspective. Mm-hmm. That's an, it's also why just talking to your friends often isn't the same because a friend's job is to, is to build you up and to support you, and a coach's job in some cases is to challenge you and mm-hmm. to help you challenge some ideas that you're holding on to. Um, so I think a coach can be helpful. Coach, yeah, very helpful. Another thing I wanted to say is that um, both of the um, diet programs we talked about today um, part of it is about um, theoretically, like helping you understand how to make f- choices about food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think often, what people, what's, in addition to weight loss, something that is underneath people signing up for programs like this, is they feel like they don't know how to feed themselves. Yeah. They don't know how to cook. They don't know how to sort of like make their food life happen. Yeah. Um, and they are feeling bad about eating out all the time or they're feeling like they're not eating actual meals at home and they should be. Um, and, uh, I would say like finding a way to learn how to cook without paying attention to, um, weight loss is a really valuable thing to do and it can be super fun and it can be something you do with a friend or partner or on your own. I love cooking by myself as much as I love cooking with my husband. In the world
1: of intuitive eating it's called gentle nutrition. Mm. Gentle nutrition right like no need to go in any orthorexic direction. No need to just eat skinless chicken breasts. A chicken is a chicken. Yeah. whether it's the breast or the thigh and it also doesn't so, mean you
0: have to cook for yourself every single meal for the next three weeks right, in some right. sort of like reverse cleanse yeah um if you don't cook now and you feel like oh if i joined one of these programs then i'd learn how to put meals together start with a goal of cooking yourself one dinner a week mm-hmm. yeah and um for ideas on what to cook um I love the blog Smitten Kitchen, Mm -hmm. it's a great recipe blog with years and years and years and years of recipes that you can search. Um, If you have a New York Times subscription, the New York Times Cooking website is great. Start small and practice cooking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not with the goal of weight loss, not with the goal of low carb or low calorie or any of those things, but with the goal of learning how to get better at cooking. Yeah. Um, because getting better at cooking is about like mastering certain technical skills, but it's also about tasting things and deciding what you like and oh figuring gosh, out how yeah. to make food taste the way you yeah. like it. Yes, totally. Um, and yeah. that is um, a huge uh, skill that will last your whole life long. Yeah. Yeah. And And it can take a while to, like, learn that stuff and also to build up your pantry. I remember when we were starting to cook, it felt like everything we made was expensive because we had to buy, like, a new spice that we didn't have Mm -hmm. and, like, other new staples we didn't have. But eventually, like, now when we plan food for the week, there will be a bunch of meals where we only have to buy one ingredient because we, like, have a pantry now.
1: Reacquaint yourself with your palate.
0: Reacquaint yourself
1: with what you really enjoy. Like maybe you don't enjoy boneless skinless chicken breast right. i know i keep going back to that but no but you um, know i yeah. don't like i it. remember forcing myself to eat disgusting food when i went on juice cleanses and when i went on diets like and i didn't understand the whole notion of like salt fat acid heat you know uh-huh. that's a new netflix stuff but so now i mean i know a lot about cooking now but i remember when i was a teenager i didn't understand that like fat tastes good and salt tastes good and i remember eating these like oh god like i remember just packing a whole bunch of just raw vegetables into ziploc baggies and living on them all day long like for three days straight Mm -hmm. And and of course sure enough then it goes the other way and then something and then i just lose it and and um yeah and it was just miserable and i remember just like shoving down celery sticks and and then now i love celery because i love you know sauteing it with carrots and onions and then making like a but like bolognese with it, yeah. or um, you know, letting it kind of—I I don't know. Anyway, there's so much. So I actually had to kind of reacquaint my relationship with these foods that I used to associate as like oh terrible diet foods. It's like oh okay, celery's fine. Yeah,
0: you know, it's, totally. it's a it's
1: a base of yeah. a lot of things. But um,
0: I feel that way about tofu.
1: Mm, tofu yeah, can be a, really yeah, delicious. It can be. You yeah. need to add flavors to it. Yeah, yeah. Reacquaint yourself with your. Your palate, and you know, I was at a happy hour last night, Joanna, and there was like there there were fruit, veg, fruit and vegetable platters out, and cheese and crackers, and I didn't get any vegetables. I just was totally intuitive, yeah. And at that point in time, I didn't want them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them, and that's okay. Like this, this is so um, it's so important to not once again tie our morality these choices or just to eat things because we think we should Mm -hmm. yeah you know totally. and which is going to go against some things that I've said before too because I've totally said like oh if you're at a party get some vegetables first get some fruit first you know and if you've had any type of orthorexic behaviors I challenge you to deal with the discomfort that comes when you release the control and it's uncomfortable it's Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable yeah and it's really uncomfortable knowing that an entire way you've either thought or lived life or created your reality for years and years and years is actually totally like a construct and you can shift it um, completely. Uh, but it's possible to make it to the other side because what's on the other side is freedom. Yeah. And freedom.
0: that's another reason I think it can be so helpful to have a professional person on your team for is sure. that like, if you're going to do a thing that makes you really uncomfortable all the time, it's nice to have someone to debrief with. Oh yeah. Cause it's going to bring like, up some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I'm going to do a takeaway mm-hmm. here. So I we on the show, we wanted to talk about Weight Watchers and Noom because they are two diet companies that are um, presenting themselves as wellness or lifestyle companies. They're deliberately aiming themselves at people in our demographic for whom diet is now a bad word, deservedly. Um, but they're basically just diet plans in different clothing. Um, and... Uh, As Christy says, if it's applauding weight loss or telling you to count points, calories, or macros, it's a diet. So these are diets. Um, You're not bad if you've used them in the past or you feel compelled to use them. You're not stupid for that reason. Um, But um, get curious about it. And uh, let's go with something that um, is going to um, feed our souls going forward uh, instead of um, narrowing our perspectives. Um so uh get in touch with um uh a health at every size dietitian uh or a um uh body positive coach um we'll put some links in the comments. Um also a therapist who is familiar with um body image and eating issues um could be really helpful. Definitely. Um check out that book Intuitive Eating. Um get curious about yourself. Maybe start teaching yourself how to cook. Um and uh, know that like this is a journey, we're both still on the journey, you guys are all on the journey. Um, this is a journey that like doesn't have an end point. It's, you know, we're just work- working our way forwards. And um, yeah, if you have thoughts about stuff that we've talked about, or about where you are on your journey, or questions about how to sort of balance um, the messages you're receiving about what you should be doing with your body, with the messages that uh, we've been telling you about uh, what to do with your body, um, let us know. Email us, info at just one com. We're super interested to talk to all of you about these things. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, we love you guys. And you should love yourselves, too. <laughs> and you can. It's possible. It's so possible. Awesome. Thanks, Daphne. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes, help subscribing, and to join us on Patreon, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at just one more pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash just one more podcast, or you can email us at info at just Thanks again. And we'll see you next week.